Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen between them, and now they're really roaring. And I can tell you, tell you, that there won't be a cloud milk to declare for at least a week. Hello, everyone. You're very welcome to a very special edition of the Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show. We are here in Pubble School, Kirkagwivna, and we've been joined by a couple of hundred students from the school who will be asking questions later on. My name is Paul Rouse, and I'm joined by the pre-vigia, Eamon Fitzmaurice, who, of course, is an All-Ireland medal winner as a player and as a manager with Kerry, by another former Kerry footballer, Daryl Kaneja, and by the former Cork footballer and manager, Rona McCarthy, who has travelled across today uh, and has walked into the Lions' den, to use Jack O'Connor's phrase. We are going to talk about next weekend's Cork and Kerry game later, and we are going to ask whether Cork are indeed a disgrace, as they were called this week by one Kerry, former Kerry footballer. But we have to start with two very different matches that were played last weekend, one involving Dublin, which we'll come to in a moment, but first up was in Oma, where there was the complete dismantling of the All-Ireland champions, Tyrone. Eamon, you were there. What did Derry do to Tyrone that caused them to unravel? Um, I think Derry were preparing for that game for a long time, Paul, and it was very evident that Rory Gallagher had a plan specifically designed to get at Tyrone, to play to their own strengths, um, to nullify Tyrone's uh, strengths and to play to their own strengths. So I think Derry deserve a huge amount of credit for the way the game played out and getting the win. Um, Tyrone were well under par. They haven't got that energy about them this year, that the energy that I suppose that hunger brings. Um, all teams probably relish when they have a cause. I think Tyrone probably relish more than most when they have a cause. And the fact that they've got to the top, they seem to be um, missing that bit of an angle or that bit of a cut about themselves. So whether this defeat now is such a comprehensive defeat at home, the ill-discipline, the two red cards, all of that will give them something additional going into the qualifiers. It possibly will, but they have a lot of work to do in the four or five weeks to get ready for the next game. And they possibly will need a favourable draw as well if they draw the likes of a Mayo or, or an Armagh um, or whoever ends up in the, the qualifiers after this weekend. It could, could, be, could be quite a sticky game for them. On, on the commentary... Dara referenced a few times Rory Gallagher, the Derry manager, and how he was issuing instructions through the game. Will you talk us through that? Yeah, he was very vocal. He, he always is. Uh, you know, that's his style. He's, um, last year, I think it was very evident in the game against Donegal and Bally Buffet because there was no one at the game, or very few at the game. You could hear every instruction being barked. Um, that's one style of management that you are, you know... Is it your style? No, it wouldn't be, no. Um, like, I, look, I suppose that style of management, he's very involved in the game himself and he shows how much he cares and he's kind of playing every ball with the players and he's getting them back into position and he's reminding them about what they need to be doing constantly. And for me, that's effective for him. But I think that ultimately when you get to the real big stuff, particularly if you're playing in front of 80,000 people in Crow Park, uh, the players aren't going to be able to hear you anyway. So you need to be able to enable the players and, and empower the players to make the decisions and to be able to be constantly on top of each other rather than the direction coming from the, the sideline the whole time. But look, that's always been Rory Gallagher's style. It works for him, worked very well the last day. Um, I'd say he was driving the Tyrone fellas mad. He was driving the... Uh, um, he got a bit of a nudge at half-time. He got a good shunt at half-time from McKernan going off. So, um, you know, in, in many ways, they out Tyrone, Tyrone. Normally, Tyrone are the 
masters of that, of frustrating you and taking you out of your comfort zone. But Derry definitely did it, did it very well the last day, and a lot of that came from Rory Gallagher. And I, I do think he deserves huge credit. I mentioned this in the column on Monday that he has had a very defensive game plan, you know, going back the years, probably not enough of an offensive side, that, but certainly last Sunday they showed loads in the offensive side of the game as well. And to put up the score they did against Tyrone to win as comprehensively as they did in Healy Park, it was a huge win for them. The trick now will be to try and back it up. Do you see them backing it up? Um, I don't know. I think it'll be hard for the Monaghan are a very experienced season team. Um, they, they probably... You know, we're happy with the, the way they won the game on Saturday evening, but they won't have experienced the same highs of emotion, possibly, that the Derry lads would have, having won their first championship game in seven years. So for Derry to get up to that pitch again in two weeks is going to be a challenge for them. I think that if they do beat Monaghan, they're a serious item, and we'll all be really sitting up and taking notice. But I think they'll find it hard to beat Monaghan. But even if they don't beat Monaghan, going into the, the qualifiers... Um, I don't think anyone will want to see them coming. Ronan, do you see any conceivable way that Tyrone can put their season back on the rails and win the All-Ireland? Oh, I think they can. Um, I mean, I, I don't know, are they any worse off than when they came out of Clarny last year? Um, you know, which was a real humbling experience for them. Um, you know, we played them um, before we played Limerick. Last year in the championship, we played them in Parnell Park in Dublin, and you know you wouldn't have said at that stage that you know that they were uh, all Ireland champions in the making. So I think the big advantage that they have is they have you know maybe four or five weeks now to to regroup, um, you know, and I think that's important. And they used the time last year after the the game in Clarny, they used that very well to. Um, I suppose get them get themselves in the in the right direction again. So I, I certainly wouldn't write them off. I think that you know there are there are signs of, you know poor signs in the team. Um, a lot of petulance in their play. I thought the the last day, and you know they've always played on the edge, and that can be a positive thing. But you know when that goes too far, it it, it impacts negatively on on the team. But they'll be hurt. Um, you know by not only the defeat by a neighbour, obviously, but the manner of the defeat. Um, you know, in their home venue. So they really, you know, they used it last year to regroup. I think they can do it again. They have the time to do it again. Um, the difference, you know, now is, and Eamon alluded to it there, is, you know, the draw, you know, it's a real, um, you know, the draw you could get here. Um, re you could really, really difficult games. Um, the chances of getting a game to get yourself back up and running, you know, is far less likely. Um, but I, I certainly wouldn't write them off at all at this, at this early stage. Dara, what, what happens after you win in All-Ireland? Mm. It, it's, it's a funny one, I suppose. Um, I remember hearing Joe Brawley years ago saying, talking about the one that he won in 93 with a, a very good Derry team. Who were, when I started playing football, Derry were the kings of football at that stage. I was 18 years of age. Um, and Joe was talking about being inside in the shower and after winning his All-Ireland, all the elation of the you know, previous 10, 15, 20 minutes is gone. You're washing your hair and getting ready for a night out or whatever. And Joel said to himself, is this it? Is that it? Because I suppose the end of every game, it doesn't matter what the game is, it's an anticlimax if you're competitive. You know, every competitor likes the competition, likes the game, and almost the final whistle in any game, whether it's a final or a first-round game, is an anticlimax because you're building yourself up and you're preparing for a game. So if you win an All-Ireland like Tyrone did last year, and the history of Tyrone football has shown that. They were brilliant in 03, 05, 08, and very average in 04, 06, not so much 09. They were decent. And it's happening again up to now. Um, Eamon and Ronan spoke about, I suppose, hurt. Depends on how hurt they are. And you can manufacture that. They were obviously hurt after that game in Killarney last year. That was humiliating. And that's hurt that you carry with you for a while and that motivates you. But... Um, they can't, it'll be synthetic if they do manufacture it this year because, you know, they've won their All-Ireland, they've got their kudos. I think it was telling, I suppose, the six or seven players that left the panel, they were down playing it, but there's a certain amount, uh, cohort in any group that will say, listen, I've achieved everything I want to achieve now. Is this it? Is this really it? An All-Ireland medal? Is this what I've built my whole life up towards? Um, 
that's why I think we should give unbelievable credit to the Dublin team of the last number of years, that they keep coming back again and again and again, the Kilkenny hurling teams that were so consistent and persistent over the years. They were an amazing, amazing group of people. Like, and uh, that's what happens after you win in All-Ireland. It's only natural. I, I never played in a team that did two in a row. Um, I think Eamon might have. I, I, it's, it's, it's almost impossible. And you know, that's why I would give so much credit to the Kilkenny's, to the Dublins that did it again and again. And our own Kerry team back in the day, um, back in the 70s and 80s, the Kerry team did it in 06 and 07 as well, which at the time was like the Holy Grail. You couldn't, couldn't be done, they were saying in the modern era. Kerry did it in 07, so they deserve huge credit for that. Um, but I'm not writing off Tyrone no more than the two lads here. You know, there, there's too much quality there, but it's just their history post-All-Ireland has not been good. And, you know, the, 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 the little telltale signs, the petulance that Roland spoke about, that's something you do not want in a squad. And that's something that's very hard to eradicate because, you know, that, that sense of hunger isn't as strong. It can't be. And um, that's what happens after you win an All-Ireland. Against that, Roland, if you look at Dublin, last Saturday evening against Wexford, albeit a Wexford team that finished third in Division 4, or third from bottom in Division 4, and, and had only beaten the poor Offaly team the previous Saturday night, do you, do, are Dublin back? And should the people in this room be very afraid? Yeah, I, I think so. I think they'll, look, whether, whether they played well, and they did play well against Wexford last weekend, um, they're, they're, they're going to have a big say in, in who wins the, the championship, whether they win it themselves, uh, or, you know, or who they knock out on the way. But certainly based on the performance against Wexford, we said the previous year, um, you know, they were night and day, they, they, they played, you know, they played really well, um, maybe the opening 10 minutes, um, you know, probably did things that were very undone, like, you know, a few pot shots from distance, and, uh, but once that, once they got over the initial phase of the game and kind of started working the scoreboard, there was an awful lot of, of uh, you know, of what you'd have seen from them in the past. So, you know, I think they're the team that they, they certainly won't get, um, you know, above their station based on the performance. But what you're looking for, you know, in the same way that, you know, we'd say the petulance of the, of the Toronto team is not a good sign. What you're looking for here is the positives from, from Dublin and, and, you know, their forward play, the momentum, the way they attacked, their, their combination play. Their way they create space, you know, movement for each other. You know, there were a lot of real positives there, albeit against a very poor team. Um, and um, so they'll be happy. It'll, you know, it'll kind of put the league now to bed. Um, you know, and the fact that they were relegated from from Division One, and you know, it's only stronger they'll get. Even the subs that they brought on, you know, were, were strong. Um, with Paddy Small, you know, still to come back, and a couple others. So. Um, they'll have a big say in, 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 in who wins it eventually. Do you think they'll win it? I, I, I think, and, and I'm, not being, I'm not being clever about this, I think that, that Kerry are probably the favourites to win it. I think they're, they're you know, in a really strong position. But let's say if Dublin or Kerry were to meet in the semi-final, um, you know, very hard to bet, against, to, to bet against Dublin. You know, they've been there, they've done it consistently. Um, they have, you know, when they go out on any given day, you know, they have multiple all-earned middle winners on their team. Um, you know, vast experience. They know how to win tight games. Um, and, yeah, certainly they're not as strong as, as, as they were in the past. But, um, you know, they're still probably the team to beat. Eamon, were you impressed with Dublin? Um, <clears throat> I was, Paul. Yeah, I look, I think during the league, when they got relegated, the kind of things that surprised us was the things that they were doing that they've never done, kicking balls into goalies' hands, unforced errors. Work rate wasn't where it normally would be, open at the back, no movement up front. So I think we saw a lot of those issues that are very fixable, especially for a group as talented and as experienced as them, beginning to get started out the last day. Johnny Cooper spent a lot of his day sweeping against a Division 4 team. That wasn't a reflection in Wexford. It was more about, you know, um, testing it for down the road. Um, the... Conor Callaghan up front is, transforms him. It's as simple as that. And I know it's probably a lot to say one player can make such a difference, but he does because he's so dynamic. He's so powerful and he just he causes um, panic in the defence that they weren't able to do during the league. Um, <clears throat> and as the game went on the last day, particularly in the second half, he played very well. You could see that he was growing into it. So 
Uh, I agree 100% with Ronan. Of course, they're going to take a huge amount of beating. I think if you're going to win the All-Ireland, you probably have to beat them. And if it shapes up that Kerry end up playing Dublin in the All-Ireland semi-final, obviously if Kerry want to go on and win the All-Ireland, they're going to have to beat Dublin uh, there. And you're, you're really earning your corn by trying to beat Dublin in Crow Park. Um, so I wouldn't be saying they're back. I don't think they were ever gone, but they've certainly tidied themselves up and they'll be forced to be reckoned with all right. Do you think they were doing anything different? Is there, is there anything differently uh, in their being done differently in their approach to the game, or are they, is it just are they doing what they've done over the last couple of years better? Yeah, I think that that's the, from what I saw the last night. Um, they looked to be doing their usual game plan, but better. The work rate was definitely up from the league. They had better shape up front. They had better movement. Conor Callaghan was central to a lot of that. Um, Johnny Cooper, as we said, was sweeping. They were more urgent as the game went on. They were getting to the tackles. They were forcing turnovers. They were winning a lot of breaking ball. They, you know, they destroyed Wexford on their own kickout. A lot of the things that we would have associated with that team that won the six in a row, they were doing it very well again. Um, they moved away from that very pedestrian, um, error-ridden um, stuff that had become kind of a pattern during the league. So. Um, I think they spent a week or more in Portugal on a training camp between league and championship. And again, with that quality of players spending a week together like that, they, they had a chance to iron out a lot of the kinks. They'd never done that in the Jim Gavin era, so it was something new and fresh for them as, again. So many ways they remind me of where we were in 2013 in my first year in charge, that they're bringing true new, new players, but there's a lot of experience there as well with experience of winning. So... Um, yeah, they're going to be a big part of the conversation. And, uh, um, you you know, it points an All-Ireland semi-final between Kerry and Dublin. But I think this year so far in the championship has, show, has shown us that what we're expecting isn't always the way it's, it's going to plan, it's panning out. So we'll see if that's the way it does pan out. If we, <clears throat> if we take that point that what we're expecting pans out, the expectation has to be that Kerry will beat Cork uh, next Saturday evening in, in Park Irin. And the fifth-year students here, who I was working with earlier, did a survey of 100 students in this school, asking them for results of this match. And 60% of students in the school of the 100 surveyed said that Kerry would win by up to 10 points. 28% said that Kerry would win by between 10 and 15 points. 11% said that Kerry would win by 15 to 20 points. And 1%, uh, and I'm not great at maths, but 1% of 100 students is one student, and we're going to have a witch hunt to find this student, said that Kerry would lose to Cork um, <laughs> next, next Saturday evening. Uh, Ronan. Did they ask Ronan, Paul, I wonder? Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you better hold your hand up as a protection for this student. So this makes it really, like, I, have, I, I came down to Kerry yesterday. Every single person who I spoke to yesterday evening cannot see anything other than a comprehensive Kerry victory. Is that how you see it? That's me, you're aiming. No, it's for you. That's for me. Yeah, look, you, you, have to, you have to stand back from it and say that under a kind of any objective analysis, you know, you'd have to say that, that Kerry are, are hot favourites to win the game. Um, now, that said, if I was the manager of the team, you know, we wouldn't, we, we'd be going out to that game, you know, not having conceded before we started, you know, you go out to win the game. But I, I suppose, look, if you look at it from the point of view of, you know, you play Kerry 10 times, you know, yeah, Cork could probably win it once or twice in those 10, but, you know, you'd expect Kerry to win eight, eight, if not nine of the 10 games at the moment. Um, so, look, I, I think it's fair enough to, to say that, um, you know, Kerry are justified favourites to win the game. That said, you know, I, I think it'll be a more competitive game than, than um, people think it'll be. Um, like you go back to the game last year in what does competitive mean how, how close I, how close does it I, have to be I think look I, I think Cork if they set up properly and um, you know get any foothold in the game can be within you know five or six points of, 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 of Kerry I, I think you, you go back and look at the game last year the, the game of Clarny I mean look we were absolutely hosed on, on kickouts our own and theirs um, like I, I think Kerry had I think won 75% of all kickouts in the game. And with the, the forward line that, that, that Kerry have and the quality and the talent, you know, 
Um, and, and Kerry are also, look, uh, a great team at, at playing with the handbrake off. You know, when, when the game is gone, you know, they will put you to the sword. And, and Cork, you know, Cork weren't the only team. It happened to Tyrone. It happened to Galway. Um, if you even look at the game against Dublin this year, the league match below, where, if I recall correctly, you know, it was maybe three points to two or four points to three, 15, 17 minutes into the first half, and Dublin were 14 points down at half time. And again, a highly experienced team, um, you know, Grand maybe not going that well. So, look, I think Cork can't do as badly as we did last year off, off, off kickouts. So, I suppose that's the first thing that you would hope that we would win um, an adequate amount of possession. And I suppose the second thing then was that if you look at the goal that Kerry got immediately after half time, you might recall in the game of Kerry last year, Brian Hurley actually took a shot that went up into the air. And if you look at it, the ball, I think, landed very near the post. Um, and the two closest players to that were Ian Maguire and Brian Hartnett, our two midfielders. And ball went out over the top, goal below, eight points down. You know, you're playing uh, against the wind, against the quality side, and look, it went away from us there, you know, very quickly. So I think, look, one of the things is, look, we have to win more possession than we did last year, I think, on the law of averages. You know, that, that's, a, that's a real outlier of a stat in a game to, to, to lose, to, to only have 25% of all kickouts in the match, number one. And I think number two, look, a big one is that we have to keep our, our, our not a defensive shape, I, I don't mean it that way, I, I, we have to keep our shape. And when you have, let's say, two midfielders up the pitch like that on the opposition end line, you know, you, you just can't do that against a, a quality team. And I think the third thing is that, you know, the, the performance, we say, in the 20, the 20 match in, in Parky Keefe and 21, I mean, the, 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 they were talking Chiefs in the point of view of the way we, we kept the ball much better. You know, we, we were almost like a team in, in, in Clarny operating against a shot clock, you know, like basketball. We almost seemed to try and get the ball forward and take a shot immediately. And it became a very kind of helter-skelter game, you know, up and down, which was never really going to, to suit us. So uh, I suppose based off the fact that, um, you know, I, I, I don't see the kick-out stat. Um, you know, if you, if you go back to Wexford and Dublin last Sunday, like Wexford literally could not win their own kick-out. And, and we went through a period of that last year in the match <coughs> in, in, in Killarney. Now, you know, we had an awful lot of work done in our kick-outs. Actually, to be honest with you, you know, an awful lot of work done, but, you know, it just it didn't come off for us in the day at all. Um, and I suppose based on that, you know, you would, you would think Cork would get a foothold in the game. We have players back. Look, you can see the difference that, let's say, even a Colomani, you could see it straight away, the difference, you know, he made. And, you know, that, look, he is a, a top, top quality forward, um, no question about it. And him alone, you know, will add to us and obviously we have other players coming back. Um, so, look, I do think Cork will be far more competitive maybe than, than people think they're going to be. Um, but obviously we've got to go and do it. I want to read to you something that Dara O'Shea wrote in the Irish Times last week. He wrote, in the last few years, Cork footballers have been a disgrace in the way they've performed, in the way they've stood up for the great history of Cork football, they haven't played, they haven't played for their jersey. Do you recognise that, that, that team? Me, that me again, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid so, Ronald. Yeah. Yeah. Do you recognise recognize the team that you managed from that statement? Well, look, I suppose the first thing I would say is, and, okay, Again, you know, take a, you, you try not to be emotional about it. You know, you you know, so you see a comment like that, um, and and again, you try and look at it as objectively as you can, and, and kind of at a distance. So I suppose the first thing I would say is that if you look at at Cork's, we'd say golden period when Billy was the manager, where we won seven monster titles in nine years, right, um, which was 1995. So in that period, from 95 to to 21. Cork have won six monster championships in 27 years. So, you know, sometimes you wonder, you know, the conversation that we had, the conversation about Cork and where Cork are, you know, in, in the hierarchy, we'll say, of, of inter-county football teams, is it deserved? You know, you'd wonder sometimes, is it, you know, is it, is it merited, right? I suppose that's the first thing. Um, the second thing I would say is, look, you know, look, Dara, Dara was a manager of... Uh, a Kerry under-21 team for three years that 
didn't manage to, to, to win a championship game. And I'm sure he wouldn't say about his team that they never went out and, and, and gave their effort and everything else. So, I mean, what I would say to you about, about this group of Cork players is that they you know, are totally committed to, to Cork football. There's a huge desire within them to improve. Um, they've had a very, very, you know, Cork football for the last 10 years had a kind of very, very up and down, very inconsistent, I suppose, performance. But we've had an awful lot of, you know, maybe turmoil that, that other counties haven't had. We've had a lot of loss of players. Um, you look at, like, as a manager, the minute you start operating outside, let's say, your 1 to 22, 23, right? When you start going down into player you know, 24, 25 to 35, right, you're vulnerable, okay? And Cork have been playing for the last number of years without, without you know, many of their, of, their, of their best players. Some of it through injury, some of it through opting out. And, you know, whether you like it or not, like I was in, I was in, Thurles, last, I was in Thurles last Sunday for the Cork Clare game. There are at least seven players on that hurling team stroke panel who are high-quality intercounty footballers. So, so the... Is this, is this a huge problem for it's Cork? It's a huge though? problem for Cork, and, and whether we, whether we do like you think or not... The football, do you think football really matters in Cork in general then? Because the manner in which hurling... I, I was listening to Mark Landers talking the other day about how the Cork, or the Cork hurling supporters had stayed with the team and that they'd been very loyal to the hurling team despite the loss in the league final, despite being hammered in the All-Ireland last year, despite the start against... Well, against the last mm-hmm. run in the first two rounds of the championship, and they kept going. But do the, is there the same relationship between the Cork footballers and the Cork public? I don't think there is. But I mean, look, I, that was never a big a big issue for me. You know, uh, there are pockets around the county where you know football is is number one, and 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 look, and that'll remain the case. I, I suppose the point is that that you know we're always picking from. Um, I suppose, a reduced pool of players. And, and that has always been. And go back even to, we'll say, when Cork won the all and when Bill, we'll say Billy was captain in 73, you know, Cork won Munster again in 74. And you look at the way players drifted, dual players there drifted again, you know, towards hurling. And, and by the way, the, like, number one, the hurlers have to do what's best for them. That, that's life. And players are, are, you know, quite entitled to make a choice about what way they want to go. I think from our point of view, though, I think from a Cork football point of view, it is time to, to, to burn the boats, if I could use that, that phrase. And I suppose, look, the message that we gave to players from you know, my time from 18 on was, if you go, you're not coming back. And, and I think that that, that message, you know, I, I think we need to start that now. Let players play up to course mine under 17 and under 20. Let them play and let them play both. No issue with that whatsoever. But, you know, this kind of toing and froing of players from hurling to football has never really benefited car football. And, you know, a very good example of that is, you know, you take Aidan Walsh, like two, two-time All-Star, um, you know, in football, and drifts off playing hurling, and really ended up playing neither, you know? Um, you know, you have, let's say, you know, a guy like Mark Keane, for example, at the moment, you know, so is not playing football, but it's playing very little hurling now as well, you know. So, so we've never really benefited from from that or our dual code. And so, Cork hurling has to do what's best for for Cork hurling. No issue with that whatsoever. And if a player wishes to make a decision about what direction they want to go, perfect. But you're not coming back. And I think until we until we make that decision, you know, um, we're we're going to struggle a bit. But coming back to a very long-winded answer to, Dara, to your question about Dara. And Dara's comment, listen, objectively, obviously we've underperformed massively for, for a long number of years now, but, you know, what I would say, knowing the group there, they're a very honest, committed group, they want to do well, um, and, you know, I suppose progress is never linear, you know, it, it, it's never just, you know, you go the next step, next step, progress, you know, there are setbacks along the way, um, and, you know, we, we played quite well after, look, obviously we got a trimming in, in, in 18 when Eamon was the manager in, in the park. We played quite well in the match in, in, in 19. We were very competitive in Super 8s. Obviously beat Kerry in 20. Um, and, look, yeah, a big setback last year. 
But I look, I think if we keep our nerve and and you know keep bringing players through, keep working the direction, keep doing the right things, you know it'll come right. Dara, your old teammate for both club and county, he he did something very interesting in writing that because Kerry, have, Kerry people have a reputation when of being kind of quite guarded in their comments about their own capacities and at the same time building up everybody else and never done saying, oh, it's going to be really hard against Cork this weekend. But he's come straight out. Is that what Kerry people in general think about Cork football? That's the way Dara played football as well. He came straight out with most things. Um, yeah, that, that's his opinion, I suppose. But is it widespread in Kerry? Um, being honest, Kerry people expect to win, yeah, on Saturday. Um, I don't know, is that the reason for... There's a kind of a reduced interest in this game. You know, I would have thought because there was 11,000 tickets going that there would be a mad scramble for tickets county board, divvied out 25 to each club and stuff like that. And I'm not so sure that there's been a huge uptake. I think it's just the unfamiliarity of... Are they being week. sent back? Are the tickets going back? I, I'm not sure. You know, the, the deadline was today, so I wouldn't have up-to-date information. But as of yesterday evening and this morning around our club, it, it was slow enough. But I think it's just the hassle... Saturday evening, excuse after excuse after excuse, and you know there's a lot of stuff going on in people's lives, and I'm sure they're saying, "Listen, it's not the, the Kerry attitude. We'll wait for the final or whatever." But Cork aren't being overlooked. This is the part where the the two Kerry people in the stand look into the distance and start scratching their heads, look at the tea leaves, weather forecasts, and all that, and say, "Cork have a chance." But as Ronan says, you have to be true to the evidence in front of you as well. Kerry are playing at a higher level the last number of years. We're still scratching our heads as to how Cork beat us two years ago down in, in Parky Creek. Could you see that happening that day? Didn't see it coming, no. Didn't see it coming like most Kerry people, I think. But after five minutes, you knew it was going to happen, not nearly. Just the, the hunger that Cork showed in every breaking ball, right through to the last minute. Uh, Tygo Corker, Ty Corkery from Kilimarcher, went as a sub, came on the field. He's not a big lad. Went down the ball, horse body, Clifford out of it, won the ball. I think actually was involved in the movement that led to Mark, Mark Keane's goal. And that epitomised... Cork's attitude on the day and that kind of hunger and attitude will carry you so far in certain conditions. Kerry probably have learnt an awful lot from that and are using that in the background psychologically all the time say it can happen, it does happen. Ron referenced um, the seven Munster titles that Cork would have won in, in, in a very strong period for them. I played a number of those years and we were on the other side of the fence and the last thing we would have wanted was a Billy Morgan or a, uh, an ex-Cork footballer coming out saying these things. I, I noted with interest the hurling manager, Kieran Kingston, last week saying that what was said in public actually seeped through to the players. It does. They're all human and they are all doing their best and they are all trying hard and not being patronising or condescending here. It's not nice to be reading stuff like that. But Dara is asked for his opinion. He gives an honest opinion. And, you know, I think it is prevalent in Kerry. That opinion is prevalent in Kerry. Not so much a disgrace. I think there was disappointment from the, Cork, from the Kerry point of view that Cork were using, you know, planting a flag and using this as their, you know, as their rallying call. Because Kerry didn't really have an interest in this. Kerry just wanted <coughs> to play a game and, and try and get through that game. And that's the, the main thing from a Kerry. Jack O'Connor was saying yesterday that um, it was going to Parky Rain was going into the Lions' den. Do you yeah. see it like that? No. No, um, it, 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 it's an away game. Parky Rin is a fine football pitch, the exact same dimensions as Parky Cleave, which is an, an even better setting. Parky Rin, I think if you're a player in the Kerry dressing room next Saturday at half five, quarter six, you're actually looking forward to it. You're hoping the stands are full. You're hoping the atmosphere is hostile. You're hoping that you're tested. You're hoping your credentials are tested all the way down along the line. And it can happen. Um, you know, it ha and thankfully, in 2022, from a Kerry point of view, that 2020 thing is there as a bludgeon to beat them over the head with all the time and say, listen, this happened as recently as two years ago to the same two groups of footballers. Um, you know, I'm sure it's the same in Leinster. I actually think Kildare are going to rattle Dublin and Leinster. I think they could beat them this year in Leinster. And it can happen. And when it happens, then we're wondering why we didn't see it happening. As Kerry people, we didn't see it two years ago. I have to say, but after five minutes, actually in the warm-up, your warm-up was even more intense than the Kerry one that day. And I said, this could be a type of a day we're in trouble. Then you start missing 21-yard freeze. Then you start taking, trying, from a Kerry point of view, trying to take shots that aren't on. And you say, it's happening, it's happening. And then the opposition start growing into the game and say, these lads aren't half as good as they're cracked up to be all of a sudden. I don't see it happening on Saturday, realistically, based on the evidence up to now, especially in the last 12 months. The one thing I would say about the Cork team in their last game against Offaly, for example, they're that kind of Apache team. There's, I think they're about two years away from finding themselves as a team. You know, they, they, they rush into a big lead against Offaly, and then when they have to finish out the game, they do that. So they are capable of it. 
but just the consistency over and over again that they haven't found. Beating Kerry two years ago, coming out that day, I said I had a feeling that Tipperary could actually catch them in the final because replicating that hunger again and again and again doesn't, you know, it's hard when you're an up and coming team, you're trying to establish yourself as a team. But um, as for Saturday's game, I, I, I think the the pupils here are fairly on the money, you know, the the, va the majority of the pupils. Do you, do you mean the up to 10 points ones or the 15 to 20 the, the points? Up, the up to 10 points ones, yeah. I, I think Ronan said, you know, what's what's a reasonable performance from a Cork point of view? And it's it's awful to be listening to an ex-carry footballer saying this, like, here, you know, but... Uh, six Ke points, Kerry, did you say six Ke points? Six, seven, eight points, Kerry are a better team than if they play and if they're allowed to play. Um, but... That's the beauty of sport. It can happen. You said something very, very interesting there at the start of that, though, and I, I, I would question it. You said at the beginning that Kerry learned from, from the, the game against Cork. Well, the signs of last summer was when it came down to the push against Tyrone, they hadn't learned from it. Um, they, well, that's the big question. That's the only question I think this Kerry group have to answer. We all know how good they are when they get on top of you, when they get a run on you. But coming down the stretch in a tight game... Um, the decision making, the decision making, yeah. going for goals and not yeah. keeping the scoreboard. I, I wouldn't draw a straight line between Cork 2020 and Toronto yeah. 2021. I think it was too, but yeah, you, you, you could say that the decision making in the key moments wasn't there. You know, I, I would treat the Cork game 2020 in in isolation as an unbelievably well plotted ambush. You know, it was really well played out and Kerry played into it then. Like, you know, it was, it was just, it, it was a type of day that. You, you know, we've all had them when you're, where you're the underdog and you love being part of this thing that is happening right in front of your eyes. Five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes. You're at half time. You're still in the game. You're still there. Halfway through the second half, it's still a game. Um, whereas the Tyrone game was always going to be fraught with danger for Kerry. Always was. Tyrone played Kerry and Killarney as recently as a couple of weeks ago in a league game that ostensibly didn't mean a whole lot to, to, to Kerry, but they wanted to win it. And Tyrone had it sussed. And... You know, that's why that concern will always be there with teams like Cork who can catch you on a day, two days out of ten, as Ronan said, possibly, and Tyrone who can catch you 50-50 any day of the week. And that's the... the those two losses, though, those two losses yeah. to, to Cork and Tyrone, <coughs> albeit that they were different, is it because of those losses, is that why you wanted to get involved in managing the Kerry team this I, year? I think anybody who's interested in football would want to get involved in managing. This man got involved at a very early age. I kind of showed an interest a little later. I said, get off the fence, stop talking on podcasts and writing in papers and presenting TV programmes and actually do something about it, you know? And there was wonderful people involved in our group, like the Seamus Mine and Donny Buck, all these lads that were, you know, really committed. I think every Kerry person, ex-managers, ex-players, wants this group of Kerry players to get over the line because nothing sickens me more than listening to ex-players we offer our opinion on games. We have no influence over it. Absolutely zero. The only people that can influence it, even these lads have walked the line, you know, under pressure. But they'll reach a stage in a game where they realise, OK, players, it's up to you. You know, and that's the beauty of being in your 20s and in your early 30s where you can still play. For me, Kerry football is all about, right now, is Tom O'Sullivan going to get an All-Ireland medal? Is Brian O'Begley going to get an All-Ireland medal? You know, that's, as an ex-player, that's what I wish on them. And... There'll be nobody happier than the ex-players in that regard. I think they're good enough to do it. Um, I think they've put in enough to get there, but they ha it, you can't just press fast forward and get us to an All-Ireland final in July. They have to take the stages, and thankfully they got that lesson from two years ago. Would you get involved with managing another county? Never. A asking for a friend? Never, never, never. No, I couldn't. It's, it's not the same thing. I, I couldn't even get involved with another club. You know, it, it's... Why? It, it's Would you manage Dingle? Foot, no, I wouldn't. And I, I've, I've plenty of respect for Dingle. Have you ever been asked to manage Dingle? Oh, God, <coughs> I'd be the last person in the world they'd ask. But the, the, the issue is football, you know, at its basic, basic core, is, is tribal. You know, and that's what I always liked about it. You know, some of the best battles you'll have are on the field with a Dingle, Kerry playing Cork. It, that tribalism is, has to be there. The day that goes away, we're in trouble yeah. in the GA. The day that disappears. And then it's very important afterwards to go off and have a drink with them or whatever, you know. But I think that animosity has to be there. That age has to be there. Whether it's perceived or imagined or otherwise, it has to be there. That animosity between local clubs, local rivalries, two counties across the county, but that has to be there. So for that reason alone, and it always surprised me, you know, I'd say Paddy O'Shea, who was brilliant on playing those strings within a Kerry setup, was so successful when he went to Westmead because he obviously transferred some of those skills into the Westmead dressing room. But I would imagine that, you know, he gave 
so much of himself to Kerry and the, the, the tribal element of his input to, to the game of football was what made him the great manager that I thought he was. And, you know, I, I am always fascinated by these lads that hop from club to club or from county to county. I, I think it's just, I always kind of wonder, what, what, what motivates you? How, do you? how do you actually plan the training session around that? How do you actually plan to get a group of players to be tribal for an hour and a half against somebody? How do you say we? Yeah, you know, how, you're, how, how you're do you, from a different yeah, place. Yeah, you know, it's changing. I'm not naive enough to know that the landscape is changing in football and has been for 30 years. And there are very successful imports within counties and, and so on. But to me, it's not the same thing. And it's just diminished maybe 1% or something. It's not, it's not the full experience when it's, when it's not tribal. Did you ever mark Dara aiming in club football? Um, no, I'd say we came across each other a couple of times and we stayed away from each other. Um, Daryl would, would have been inside and I would have been maybe centre-back. We played, Gael took the twice with field rangers, but um, we weren't, weren't marking each other, no. Marked, would have marked each other in training plenty of times, but not in competitive games, no. And could you go outside and manage a, a, different, uh, a different county? No, I, co- I couldn't. For, well, for the reasons that Dara outlined there as well, and I just couldn't imagine uh, managing against Kerry. I just, uh, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't imagine it. And I think, as Dara articulated very well there, that part of what makes you as a player or as a manager or as a supporter is that feeling you have in your stomach for your own place, and um, it would be different. So, no, that would be firm no. And... In the context of next weekend, are, can you make a plausible case for Cork winning? Um, I can make a case for Cork competing, but I, look, I just think there's a lot going against them at the moment. There's been a lot of flux within their group. Um, you know, Keith Ricken having to step back at the moment and we wish him all the best um, isn't ideal. Uh, you know, they have injuries to key players, the likes of Ian Maguire, Powter, Meehan big players for them, um, I would imagine leaders within the group as well. So it is going to be very hard for, the, for them to beat Kerry next weekend. I think Kerry are on a mission. Jack is in year one of, of his, his latest term and he's very determined, I'm sure, to continue where they left off in the league. Um, I imagine that Cork are going to set up quite defensively, which will suit Kerry. Uh, I think until Kerry play a team that play with six scoring forwards, and ask Tyg Morley to, to mark someone, they're going to be fine. I think that's the day that the question marks will be raised then, that when you're playing a team to play with six up, that's going to be the, the, the test for, for Kerry. Um, but like in the short term, I think that Cork will bring... I expect them to bring a lot. We always, when I was involved either as a player or as a manager, whether it was Cork or Clare, Limerick or Tipperary, we always treated them with the utmost respect. And I think... Even if you were sure you'd win, a thing that you could guarantee within the group is that if you don't do your job as an individual, there's someone else going to take your spot. And you can boil it down to as basic as that from the Kerry point of view. They're, they're in a good place. They have a strong squad. If you're getting a starting 15 jersey, well, you don't want to mess up and make sure and give a chance for some other fellas to get in and take it off you. So I expect Kerry to win. I think Cork will really come at them hard early on. They'll try and keep it tight. Uh, but I, I, I was shocked. I remember the, the moment in 2020. I was watching it at home when Marquine got the, the goal and I was stuck to the chair after it. And it was a genuine shock and I couldn't, I, I couldn't move or I couldn't comprehend it for, for 10 or 15 minutes. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll be even more shocked if, if the same thing happens this weekend. I was in a room full of dubs when that happened. <laughs> the reaction was as if they were from Blarney. They were somewhat <laughs> ecstatic at the prospect. And that rivalry between Dublin and Kerry, is this the year that, is this the year that Kerry turned the tables? You talked about, Dara mentioned the hunger and wanting to see Thomas Sullivan with an All-Ireland medal and wanting to see the Cliffords with All-Ireland medals. But is too much, how much hunger is too much hunger? Can it become a burden that... that that this is there and hasn't been achieved? Uh, it, it possibly can, and there's probably a balance in that. Um, you know, that Kerry group, they're at a good age now. They're at a good stage in their development. They've had a lot, they have a lot of experience under their belt. They've had those t- tough couple of defeats that, you know, it does sharpen the edge and the focus uh, until they get through those kind of games, of course. 
they're going to have questions over themselves, you know, privately that we have to get through this. But they will get through it. I have every faith that they will get through it. And if it isn't this year, it'll be next year. Um, the group is there. Um, I, it's whether it'll be Dublin or not. The game that I'd be most worried about for Kerry, obviously, you have to take into account that they have to get through the Munster Championship. I expect them to get through the Munster Championship. But they have four weeks in All-Ireland quarterfinal then. And you're coming in against a team. You know, if, if you get a Tyrone or a Mayo or an Armagh or whoever is coming through that and they have a couple of wins under their belt and they're coming full steam ahead into Crow Park and All-Ireland quarterfinal weekend, Kerry haven't had a game in four weeks. They've beaten, you know, the likes of a Limerick or Tipperary in the Munster final. It's not ideal preparation. So I see that as a game fraught with danger if the thing pans out as we kind of expect it to pan out over the next couple of weeks. Um, but if it gets to All-Ireland semi-final, Kerry Dublin... That is, uh, that is uh, an appetising prospect, all right. The last weekend, uh, Limerick beat Clare in the first ever penalty shootout in knockout Gaelic games. Do you see Limerick emerging here and displacing Cork as the long-term challenge to carry dominance in Munster? Uh, no, I think Cork will always be there, to be honest. I think they, they've, you know, they've won an under-20 All-Ireland, they've won minor uh, All-Ireland, they have had success underage. Ronan mentioned it about losing players to the hurlers. That's probably a challenge for Cork. Um, but no, I think Cork will always, you know, when they have their house in order, when they have everyone there together, they're going to be a threat. But I do think that Limerick are on the up and they've got a lot of everything in the background right in terms of their academies, in terms of their underage development, their S&C. You can see the size of their players now. They're so, you know, they're like a second hurling, a Limerick hurling team in many ways, the way they tag off now. So um, they're on the up and they're going to be a factor, but I, I don't see any problem with having three, if not four teams competing for provincial championships, if there, if there still is the provincial, if there still is provincial championships. Ronan, I, I wanted to ask you, um, you finished up as, as Corp manager last year. Did the players want you to stay? <clears throat> well, look, I suppose what, what a... Any manager does, and and look, uh, Jim Gavin has said this himself that look, you you would always you never assume look you never assume that that you continue on with, with a group, um, so so look what you do there is you, you know you take your soundings from your leadership group and and look I I was happy to stay on um, as I understand it you know the players were happy for me to continue, but look there are, there are three. There are three parties involved in that decision, and and you know unless all three are unanimous, then it, it, it doesn't work. You know, so you know, look, you know, I was quite open. I was I was happy to continue with with the group because I, I you know I, I suppose I believe in the group and, and the group of players, um, and I felt you know that that they could respond from you know and come back from the the match in Clary last year, but but ultimately ultimately. As I say, the three parties have to have to be in agreement, and and you know the executive of, of the board, um, you know, weren't going to support me going forward, and you just you have to hold up your hand and, and accept that they're entitled to make that decision. Do you think that the COVID suspension had had played into it? If it did, I'm not aware of it. Yeah. Um, you know, if it did, as I say, um, if it was a factor, I'm not aware of that. So, so in reading up on before before you come in here today, I went I went back through the story of that of that suspension and um, and what happened in it for for uh, the the Yall Beach in the start of January, and I came to the, the with the help of students as well here the tenth of April, twenty twenty one. The DRA, the Disputes Resolution Authority, upheld the decision. There's a bit of an alphabet soup of committees here. So there's the CHC, which is a central hearings committee, and the CAC, um, which is the appeals committee, and they upheld the decision. Although in their statement they said that you, um, the central hearings committee had erred because they didn't give you the reasons for the imposition of a penalty in excess of the minimum shutdown rule. So I'm not too sure how you can uphold the decision, which then you say you haven't given the person reasons for it. But anyway, they did that. And then they said that this statement is for information purposes only. The tribunal's full written decision will be communicated to the parties and published on the DRA website in due course. Now, I looked at that website this morning and it still hasn't been published a year on. Have you received those, those reasons yourself? Yes. You, you were given them, but they never published them? No. 
and the CHC and the CAC, do you, do you think you got a due process through that system? Look, I think you have to... Look, the, the, the process is there. Um, you know, I went through it from, from beginning to end. You have to accept the outcome of it. Um, certainly, you know, uh, any DRA decision, I, I suppose what I'd say is, it, okay, it's a very interesting process actually to be involved in. Um, and, you know, you'd need an hour actually to, to kind of go through it in, in detail. You know, you've said there will not have a soup of committees, like, you know, there is, there's hearings committees, appeals committees, DRA, each of those, there are written submissions into them, you know, the meetings, which were on Zoom at the time, you know, each meeting was, I'd say, three hours in length, you know, I said the DRA one could have been four or five, um, you know, and you get a real understanding of, I, I suppose, the mechanisms of, you know, the discipline, you know, how, how the GA deals with, with, with discipline issues uh, and the process you go through, I mean, look, what I would say is certainly, um, you know, a, D, a DRA decision is an objective one, um, you know, and, and I don't have any qualms about saying that. Um, you know, the earlier parts of the process, you know, they're not perfect. That feels like a very, uh, a very kind way of putting it. Yeah, look, I, I suppose it's a kind of thing, look, that you'd have to, you know, you'd actually have to sit down with someone and go through it in, 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 in detail. You know, it, it is very, you know, it is very complicated. Um, you know, even the makeup of the committees um, is quite complicated. Um, then the the makeup of the committees change in the middle of the process. It, you know, I, 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 yeah. But what I would say is, any anybody who's been involved in the DRA process, the outcome of that process is objective. And if you put your name forward as part of that, then you accept the outcome and and their decision. Okay, I'm going to throw it open to the students here in 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 one second for a, for a question. But before before I do that. I, I want to ask you, do you think Kerry will win the All-Ireland? If, if they don't play Dublin on the way, and, 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 and I'm not being clever here, I think if Kerry and Dublin play each other in a semi-final, which they're due to... Due to play, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're due to meet in the semi-final. And if Dublin beat Kerry, I'm or not even sure... Yeah, or I'm not even sure Dublin... I'm not even saying Dublin will win it, but I, I do think that... that um, do you think Dublin will be carrying an All-Ireland I think they could beat them, is what, what, is yeah. what I would say. And, and, and I think the other thing here is that you're talking about, you know, minute details here making a difference. So, so for example, Dublin are a different team with Conor Callan, right? You look at Kerry last year where they lost, we'll say, David Clifford, you know, a once-in-a-generation player. They lost him for just extra time of, 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 of a game and, and people would have felt that that had a huge impact. Um, you know, so I, I hope it doesn't come down to, to you know, an injury. I, I go back to, a, a, like, a, an equivalent example, for example, you know, is Cork Limerick hurling semi-final in 2018, right? I mean, I, I'm quite confident in saying that if Alan Cadigan had been fit for that game, I think Cork would be All-Ireland champions that year, would have been All-Ireland champions that year. It comes down to that, you know, they didn't even have him to bring him on in the extra time, you know, he was going really well. He was one of the top forwards in the country. Even if you were springing him off a bench there in that game against Limerick, I think Cork would have got over the line that day. But they didn't, and that's life, right? And now you see where, where Limerick are where gone Where Limerick to. are gone to, yeah. So, look, I think it comes down to really, really minute details. I, I you know, have gone, I've spoken before. I still think the 16 semi-final, when Eamon was the manager, still the greatest game of football I've ever been at, where, you know, tactically in every other way, both teams like carry through everything they had at them. I mean, you know, there's a way of losing, and, and I thought the way Kerry played that day in that match, you know, I thought they were a, a credit to him and, and, and the backroom team. But the thing about Dublin was, Dublin were the only team that would have come out of that game and won it. Kerry would have beaten every other team in the country with the performance they gave that day in 16, um, but they didn't beat Dublin. And that's why I think Dublin are the one team that when Kerry at the top of their game, throwing everything and the kitchen sink, Dublin are probably the one team that could still manage to beat them. Dara? Yeah, there's a tide in the affairs of men, as they say, and I think the time is right. I think we had the same feeling 25 years ago in 97. Um, 
without wanting to put heap too much pressure on Jack and his, his troop or his players. I think the time is now. I, Eamon speaks about it might happen. It, you know, I think there'll never be a better chance in this year. And do you see progression in the team? or and if, yeah. like What progression is there? Absolutely. I mentioned my own club man, Brian O'Begley. He's come on a, a ton this year. You know, and in in training with Kerry, yeah, he, he's he's been in very. He was in under Eamon's time. He's yes. a minor in fourteen, so that would make him at the end of this year. He'll be what uh, twenty six. So what's he doing differently? He's just defending smarter um, and going when you know picking his time to go a bit better. Um, and it's down. And to, who's doing that work with him? I would imagine that's Jack O'Connor, Paddy Talley, these lads. You know, Deirdre Murphy's a very smart man. We all work these lads. You know, and again, there's a time. It's a time. The man is going to be, you know, he's 25, 26. Jeez, you'd love to be that age again, you know? And he's probably at a stage now, he's good enough. He's stuck with it for seven or eight years. Tom Sullivan, the same way, you know? They've had their kickbacks, their setbacks, their disappointments, and they've stored it and they've brought it along. And that's just two players locally here. I'm sure all over the county, the players are feeling the same thing. And they've got this thing where Clifford has brought his game to another level. You know, Sean Shea is going to be coming back into the mix. Like, And yeah, the concerns have been there about who's our goalie, what's our best midfield partnership, can we finish out tight games, all those questions. They're brilliant from a player's point of view because you take them off one by one. If you do it once, you'll do it again and again and again. I think they're in a great position. Um, I think it'll take a hell of a team to beat them this year. You, you, you seem to say that Kildare will beat Dublin in the Leinster Football yeah. Championship. I why, just do you, think why do you think Kildare that? again are in a very good place? I know Glen Ryan, <laughs> the famous interview after being, you know, relegated to Division Two. I think you can. That's capital for players. Like you can talk to the players and say, "Listen, we're not that far off." They played some really decent football. Yeah. They they didn't play that well away from home. I think last year. I have never spoken to Jack O'Connor about this, but I thought there was more in them in the Leinster final last year. I think they overestimated Dublin. It's only afterwards they might have some nagging regret about the way they approached that game. And they're coming into Croke Park again soon enough in the Leinster semi-final. Tricky game for them was the last one. Loud game with, with a bit of momentum. They showed what they're about there. Those are the type. They should have been beaten loud, but the way they dismantled them and the way they absolutely hammered them, I'm saying to myself, this is a, a hungry, edgy bunch of players that can go a bit of a distance and the next obvious target for them is to a Leinster title and that's huge it wouldn't be as big for Dublin it's about time somebody took Dublin and Leinster and I think it could be this year uh, I, I would I would question though whether those really talented Kildare forwards and they have some work hard enough work as hard as say the talented Dublin forwards on the same time and I wonder whether that won't catch them in, in Crow Park uh, I, I wouldn't say so I think they'll measure it and they'll calibrate it by last year's performance and say, where are, the, where are the improvements here? We're after a good season in Division 1, which has really opened their eyes to where their weaknesses are. So I think they're going to have a right rattle off Dublin this year. Yeah, do you see it like that, Eamon? It could be a Dublin-Kerry All-Ireland quarter-final and, and the winner plays Kildare in the All-Ireland semi-final. Quite possibly. Um, Paul, nothing had surprised me the way the season is going, but look, I do... It's Kerry though for you, I, isn't it? I, it is, yeah, it is. I, I think that they've been building well over the last couple of years with the couple of setbacks and the players that are there, everything's in place. So I'd be hopeful that Kerry will be the first July All-Ireland champions. I'm open to correction in that now. You'll probably tell me there was something else. I, I wish I could. I, I should have checked that out before. <coughs> yeah, I'm not too sure of this. Does anybody else, anyone have a question for us out on the floor? Don't be shy. Here we go. Antenna. Question for Ronan. Um, why did you appeal the ban? <laughs> <laughs> Very simply because I, I thought it was I thought it was wrong and um and, and I suppose to this day I'm still waiting for someone to tell me what COVID rule that we broke. Thanks. Yeah, in that in that in that context though, isn't that isn't that right? Like isn't if if it the complexity isn't just in the process, it's the complexity is on what you're supposed to have done, and that was never clear, and yet it's put in, and then the Cork County Board Secretary wrote in the report at the end of the year that it shouldn't have happened, but it's never really been set out why. How long do you have? <laughs> yeah, look, uh, it's it, it, uh, like the, the penalty was for breaching the, the, the training, uh, the close season. Um, now, if you look at the last, 10, 15 years, there, is, there isn't one, you know, and, um, but look, ultimately to answer the question, I, 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 look, I, I think what was important was the amount of 
We had come through, obviously, the first in 2020, we'd come through the, the, the championship that year um, when it had recommenced, obviously, the end of the league and the championship. And, and teams had, you know, and our medical team, like every other medical team, had put such effort into making sure that players and families and everybody else were safe. And, um, and the, the amount of effort that was to put into, for example, that, that um, you know, um, Campagnol was, was immense to make sure that everybody was safe and that we were compliant, um, which we were, and hence the, the appeal. Okay. Mila Buikas, Larry Ryan, Asan Budgray, La Shaw the Raf Rocca, the Owen Barry, the Andrew Farrell, the Tony Lean, August Gokanius, and Examiner Sport. Kamala Shin, Mila Buikas, the Ronan McCarthy, the Dara Kaneja, the Eamon McMurish, August Gondout, Gokanya, and Shur Safobel Skull. Gamor, War, Grupa, Blina Kuig, Akarilum, Ermajan, Bemij, Hernash, Galua. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen between them, and now they're really rolling. And I can tell you, tell you, that there won't be a cold milk in County Clare for at least a week. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.